few years ago, a group of young medical students were training in the children's ward of a large eastern hospital. One particular student seemed specially loved by the children. They almost greeted him with joy. The others could not understand why. Finally, they detailed one of their number to follow him and find out what it was about him that attracted the children. The observer detected nothing until night when the young medic made his last round. Then the misery was solved. He kissed every child goodnight. Guideline number one for cultivating intimacy is use your body to demonstrate warmth. Our bodies can become our best tools for achieving genuine intimacy with those around us. If you observe those who have deep relationships, you will find that, although few of them are indiscriminate grabbers who hug everyone in sight, most have delicately turned their sense of touch, and it is in use every time they are with people. They listen with their eyes, they draw close to another person during conversation, and they make body contact frequently to keep the communication at a warm level. Ashley Montagu has written a long and scholarly book on the art of touching. He demonstrates that the skin, once regarded as little more than a simple body covering, is actually our most powerful sense organ. More than half a million sensory fibers flow from the skin through the spinal cord to the brain. As a sensory system, it is the most important organ of the body. A human being can function blind and deaf and completely lacking the senses of sense, smell, and taste, but it is impossible to survive at all without the function performed by the skin. It was once thought that animals licked their young merely to keep them clean, but as Montagu has shown, the washing serves a much more profound purpose. Proper stimulation of the skin is essential for organic and behavioral development. The young of all mammals snuggle and cuddle against the body of the mother and against the bodies of their siblings. Almost every animal enjoys being stroked or otherwise having its skin pleasurably stimulated. Dogs appear to be insatiable in their appetite for petting. Cats will purr for it and dolphins love to be gently stroked. During the 19th century, more than half of the infants died in their first year of life from a disease called marasmus, a Greek word meaning wasting away. As late as the 1920s, according to Montagu, the death rate for infants under one year of age in various U.S. foundling institutions was close to 100%. Dr. Henry Chapin's detective work on this alarming phenomenon is a fascinating tale. A distinguished New York pediatrician, Dr. Chapin, noted that the infants were kept in sterile, neat, tidy wards, but were rarely picked up. Chapin brought in women to hold the babies, coo to them, and stroke them, and the mortality rate dropped drastically. Who was responsible for all those babies who had died unnecessarily? Not the foundling home directors, for they were operating on the best scientific information available to them. The real villain was one Emmett Holt Sr., professor of pediatrics at Columbia University. Holt was the author of the booklet, The Care and Feeding of Children, which was first published in 1894 and was in its 15th edition in 1935. 
During its long ascendancy, it was the supreme authority, the Dr. Spock of its time. And it is in this book that the author urged mothers to abolish the cradle and refused to pick up the baby when it cried for fear of spoiling it with too much handling. Tender, loving care would have been considered unscientific. We now know that small children become irritable and hyperactive without adequate body contact. In various experiments with normal and subnormal youngsters, those who had the most physical contact with parents or attendants learned to walk and talk the earliest and had the highest IQs. The young desperately crave physical affection. Howard Maxwell of Los Angeles is a man in tune with his times. So, when his four-year-old daughter, Melinda, acquired a fixation for the three little pigs and demanded that he read it to her night after night, Mr. Maxwell, very pleased with himself, tape-recorded the story. When Melinda and next asked for it, he simply switched on the playback. This worked for a couple of nights, but then one evening, Melinda pushed the storybook at her father. Now, honey... He said, You know how to turn on the recorder? Yes, said Melinda, but I can't sit on its lap. Many parents stop touching their children at about the age of five or six, and soon after that, the children stop touching one another. They bow slowly to the immense social pressure in our culture which regards tactile deprivation as normal for adults. Hungarians, Italians, and French touch each other a hundred times an hour during conversation. Americans make contact fewer than three times. Gordon Inglis, who has taught massage at universities throughout the United States, says that the skin of most adult Americans is starved. That the skin has been starved for the better part of a lifetime is never more apparent than in the afterglow of a two-hour body massage. He writes, In those silent moments, one often discovers on the most ordinary faces the kind of expressions usually reserved for saints and swamis. There are only two situations in which most of us will allow another adult to touch us during sexual intercourse, and during treatments by individuals who are licensed to touch, tailors, hairdressers, masseurs, therapists, these professionals are usually careful to remain as cold as possible lest their touching be construed as sexual advance. But between the intimacies of sex and the impersonal coldness of therapy is a whole range of tactile experiences and personal communication. Following Jesus in his contacts with the peasant people of Palestine, one sees him touching again and again. He stretched out his hand and touched the leper, for instance. When Peter's mother-in-law was sick, Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her. And when mothers brought their little children to him, he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands upon them.